Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and before we begin today's incredible show, I want to share an upcoming program I am launching in mid-March, which could be exactly what you're looking for to take your life in every way to a completely new level. You see, over the last year, I have received more requests for personal coaching in the areas of creating optimal health experiencing transformational breakthroughs, and reaching one's highest potential in life than ever before. The coaching work I have done over this last year has been exceptionally powerful, and the results my clients have received has truly and profoundly blown me away, to say the least. As I have deepened my work with my one-on-one clients, I realized there was a major limit to the amount of highly dedicated individuals I could serve and support through this work. Because of this, I decided to create a highly specialized group coaching model that would foster an exclusive, highly supportive, and co-creative environment that helps each person reach their ultimate goals in life and highest expression of vibrant health. This is an eight-week experience called the Breakthrough Transformation Program, and it's designed to ensure each participant receives all of the support, information, and practical tools necessary to reach a place in their holistic life they never knew was possible. I will be personally taking a group of 20 people every week through a deep learning curve into the unexplored potential and helping them to accelerate the integrative process of self-mastery. This program will focus on specific areas such as creating invincible health strategies, cutting-edge nutrition strategies, emotional and mental mastery, overriding poverty consciousness with prosperity consciousness, accelerating learning modalities, becoming a truly empowered leader, and building a successful coaching slash service-based business, and trust me when I say so, so much more than that. This program also will include a three-day live event, which is going to be following the online coaching program and an opportunity to join me for a private Hawaii immersion experience. This program officially begins March 15th and will only be open to the first 20 people who register. So in order to discover if this one-of-a-kind coaching opportunity is the correct fit for you and your goals, please shoot me a quick message at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, at HolisticHealthMastery.com. 
Again, that's Ronnie at HolisticHealthMastery.com. I'll respond back to you, um, and then we will carry the conversation on from there. It's time to dive deep into today's episode, and today's episode is... I feel like I start off a lot of these intros with the phrase, this is a very unique episode. And I have to say, this is a very unique episode because um, it was one that, well, it just went in a very interesting set of directions and it started off in a direction that I did not see coming. However, knowing the guest that I brought on and the way that we started the interview I should have known better. And you know what? It was so good. It went this way. I brought on my friend Daniel Eisenman. And Daniel Eisenman has become pretty popular on the internet over the last four or five years. And originally was part of um, a part of a brand, if you will, with his, his two other brothers called the Raw Bras. And I brought Daniel on for a number of reasons, largely because... When he came over to Encinitas, well, even before then, there was just a number of synchronicities that just started happening with him and me that we talk about in the interviews. I won't go into the details right now. However, this was fueled largely by just a rapid fire sequence of synchronicities every day, sometimes twice a day. Where I was like, okay, this is getting a little crazy, so why don't you come on to my podcast and we're going to download this and record it for everybody out there. And before we went on, I told him, I gave him a little bit of a confession and I told him, hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know, I never told you this, but years ago, I actually wasn't sure if I really liked you. You know, I didn't really know you at the time, but... Just from what I saw on the internet and some of the, the my friends, our mutual friends that um, may have had their own opinions, I kind of took on this perspective that you weren't the best person ever. Let's say that. Something like that. I don't remember what I said. But it was just this thing where I had judgments and I wanted to get them off my chest before we dived into this. And he uh, he did something very interesting. He said, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And maybe we should actually open up the interview with that. And I realized, wow, what an interesting, very great demonstration of vulnerability and authenticity and transparency that would be. Never done that before, so why not? Let's go for it. And that's largely how we opened up this interview, and it led to... Um, Daniel kind of interviewing me for, for the first 15 minutes, which I found interesting. And I really went into some very interesting territory. So I'm sure that you guys will enjoy that. And then I flipped it right back to him and got on with the interview. And it was an incredible interview and just so many nuggets of insight and wisdom. Um, and just some of the things going on with Daniel as he's matured over the years into, the amazing human being that he is, a father to be, um, and just doing incredible work in the world to help people liberate their their passion and their spirit. So get ready. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation between me and Daniel Eisenberg. 
Daniel Eisenman graduated pre-med from Emory University with a quote-unquote BS in biology and even took the MCAT about 10 years ago before applying to medical school to stay on the path of quote-unquote normal as people advised him, he decided to take a year off. That year off has now turned into a decade of breaking normal while getting paid to do the things he would basically pay to do, including visiting all 50 states in 20-plus countries. And you know what? There's a lot more we could say about this amazing, inspiring individual, but... I'm just going to bring him on. Thank you. Here I am. How's it going? I'm, uh, it's going like I would imagine what an, um, an upward spiral would look like. Mm, what does that look like? Uh, I think it's like instead of a slinky going from the same dimension to the same dimension to the same dimension, it's just continuously going up and up and mm. better and better. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That's, that's good. That's nice. That was the visual. I was experimenting right there with answering that question a bit different than normal. Uh, normally, like answering it in the normal way. Because right. mostly, how's it going? Good. I would like, uh, that seems more like, I'm going to play my role or are you going to play your role? I just wanted to experiment with it. I, I never answered it exactly like that. So thanks for asking me that question. Absolutely. Great answer. I mean, that's actually, that's, that's amazing because that actually is kind of a theme on the show in everybody's own little way, how they explain their experience. Um, I like that upward spiral because that is, I think, I think that's what everybody's trying to experience. Some people are trying, some of us are trying a little hard to experience that, that like hyper synchronicity where things just click and we feel like we're moving upward opposed to stagnating or back and forth. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder though, if it's inevitable and unavoidable and everyone's moving that direction and some people uh, are basically waiting to see it. Like waiting to recognize it. Oh, you mean like the fact that it's actually happening, whether you see it or not? Yeah, and it's more of a matter of recognizing it. Got Sometimes it. I wonder that. Got it. I, that's interesting because it's like the flow of a river is happening independent if you see it or not. It's just like the flow of life is happening. You just are aware of it or not. Yeah, let's put it this way. So I love surfing. Yeah. And... Um, I could be walking down the beach with someone and they have no, they say, and this is nothing against people that don't surf, but this is an example of what I'm talking about. They might have no concept of surfing and what looks to them as like a normal day at the beach could look like the most unlimited potential that I've ever seen. Mm. I'm just like so stoked. Like, oh, like it's almost going to be distracting sometimes with movies shoot um their films on beaches and there's like good waves in the background i'm like mm. oh the waves i like I, all of a sudden i forgot about the play yeah so i wonder how that shows up like in our in my life like what waves am i not seeing like what is the mm. best smell happening right now and i haven't recognized it right that's that's yeah i totally resonate with that i'm um that's 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 a topic that I feel like there could be a lot of juiciness to. However, I want to make sure that I don't forget. Yes, yes, yes. There was you a better, specific. You better, you better stay focused. Yeah, I know. I guess. <laughs> okay, so there was a particular thing that you and me were talking about that I had. I said, "Hey, you know, before we get on, I just want to make a quick confession for everyone out there listening. By the way, me and Daniel are in person right now. Mm-hmm. He's out here in Encinitas, and I thought, okay, I better get him on the podcast because I had actually been wanting to connect 
with you for a while and just really drop in, you know, and really get to know each other. And I wanted to get to know you more because I've seen your journey on social media over the last four or five years. And we have a lot of mutual friends, but for whatever reason, our time to really drop in just hadn't occurred. So, and I've matured a lot too. So it's just like, okay, perfect. And I had a particular confession I wanted to make. um, And I just really wanted to say that, but you were the one who said, hey, let's get it on the podcast. First. Yeah. So basically, Ronnie, and I, I would say this is very uh, – this is a normal behavior that you were willing to break with me. Okay. That like, um, And this is for anyone that does a podcast or interviews that in my opinion, with the amount of information that's available right now, what's in is authenticity. And a lot of times I've been on like sets, whether it's a podcast set or a movie set or a YouTube set or a – whatever the set might be at the time. And um, when they're prepping for the interview, like they're saying all the things they don't want the public to hear first. Yes. Like that might be like the golden show. That, <laughs> might, that might be like where the real show's at. Um, so yeah, when he said he had a quick confession, which I love, I love like, Hey, I love starting communication with the confession. Actually, yeah. I think one of the best ways to connect with someone is first saying the things you don't want to say. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, I was like, right on. And then I was, and then I just encouraged, like, well, let's do it on the podcast. Um, yeah. and that way we can share this uh, moment with whoever's listening. Yep. Okay. Beautiful. So it was essentially, um, I, I had subtle judgments, not, not recently, but years ago. Mm-hmm. And especially because you and your brothers, I guess, um, not because of that, but when you guys were known as like the raw bras mm-hmm. and, um, there was, there was, uh, you know, because I'm, I've been really entrenched in like the more vegetarian, vegan, raw food, organic, organophile community for many, many years. Okay. So we know all the same people. Right. And, um, I don't want to go into a long story, um, Maybe that's something later to unpack for whatever whatever purpose. But it's more just to say, like, hey, look, I had these judgments, and um, I also see your your maturity. I've matured, and I see the person you are now, and I really respect you. And I'm just super stoked to be here with you. Nice, nice. So I, I um, if you're wanting to do this, yeah, I, 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 yeah. this might you're scratching the surface of what. I might be a natural, uh, more of a, a mass. Like I find myself, if, maybe if anyone's listening, they can empathize. Like, what do you find that's really easy to master? That seems to be very challenging to other people. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've uh, found that gift to be that I'm good um, at facilitating authentic communication, especially about the elephant in the room or the pink elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I like to call it sometimes. Uh, so I do a session or events called Captain Obvious. <laughs> So I'm like glad to go into maybe uh, like being really direct about cool. that line of communication sure. if you want to. Sure. And I would like to preface that us doing this for everyone listening, of course, me participating in this is a it's interesting to me. And also I want everyone that would listen to this to get value out of it, to see a demonstration yeah. where they in their own life can have this kind of communication because we all essentially are harboring subtle judgments of some kind that are like elephants in the room. Yeah. And yeah. And I like judgments, um, man, judgments is such a loaded word. It I is. think sometimes right. judgment and, um, condemning get intertwined. The judgment to me is means to form an opinion and judgments are actually, yeah, yeah. uh, critical to our survival. Yes. And I don't know how, like sometimes a baby gets thrown out in the bathroom. Like I'm not judging you. 
Actually, you are. You're probably judging me. At you can't judge a white yeah. male with uh, <laughs> facial hair and like teeth and yeah. eyes and the voice. And then the judgments get a little bit more into the condemning level. And then the real con- to me, uh, when you're judging someone in a, in a condemnation way, um, it's basically a reflection of something I don't like about myself, sure. something I don't understand about myself. Or something that I want and I haven't gotten for myself. Mm. So those, that's what mm. I mean. I see a resentment or a judgment. It's actually like a backwards compliment. It's like the idea of like, mm. is hate, is the opposite of love really hate or is it indifference? Like hate to me is right. like, hate, how can, if you hate me this much, you must really love me. They're like very closely related. <laughs> exactly. You're scratching the surface of either or at any, just depending on how you might feel. So I have no, uh, I love the idea that you judge me. What I was going to say is mm. like, what would be fun to find out what did you judge what, what, yeah, me? Yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what Ooh. you might, maybe, you know, you put it in the past as a bit of a disclaimer, which could be true. Mm-hmm. And maybe somehow those judgments mm-hmm. dissolved in the, as of late. But sometimes that's also a bit of a protective layer to... Sure. Yeah, you know, no, for sure. You Like, I love how you just frame that. You, you clearly have um, developed and... and um, uh, you've clearly looked at this to be able to articulate mm-hmm. so so this is like well, more fun yeah yeah for sure so, I, so it's actually you can't it's like perfect literally perfect how this is coming together so yeah let me let me share it's kind of interesting for me it's a role reversal in a way um how these things usually go so this is perfect um i would say that my primary quote-unquote judgment or ill feeling from a distance, of course, because I didn't really know you. I just knew what I was seeing. I've always had this thing when it came to YouTube and Facebook, I always had this like this thing in me that would get irritated with sensationalism or what I like, you know, certain people in the move, different factions of the movement that made videos attacking people just to drive an audience. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm just saying that there was a time when it really bothered me like very deeply that all this kind of controversy was being used to basically create a following. And so I might've even lumped certain people into that because it was bugging me so much. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing is yeah. that you judge me or the Rabras. So was it me specifically? Or Not you specifically. Rabras? It was an association. It wasn't, so it wasn't one of us. Did you have judgments of like me versus my other brothers? No, because I, I didn't, I didn't actually know. And you were the most vocal, I think. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so I was like the representation. I think you were more of the representation. So you were just the one that I, I keyed in on. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's not that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm getting the, to understanding this, and then what we were representing to you is someone that was using controversy to gain a following. Is that, that that's kind of how it appeared to me from a distance? Okay, cool. Without in in, in uh, honestly speaking, without me being interested to go deeper into actual or to even connect with you or to even like understand. I just kind of was like, Oh, it's another one of them. Fuck it. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So you, yeah. So you were judging us for me, potentially using controversy as a, sure. So so like to give an example, like, so, and we all have biases, right? So an example for us. Absolutely. So we all have biases, right? So my bias at that particular time might've been more leaned on, um, vegan or vegetarianism. So automatically when, and I remember you guys were experimenting with that or whatever it was. And then you guys went the other direction and then, um, promoted the opposite message. Right. So my mind automatically was like, Oh, are they yo-yoing because they're going here and then there to, to, um, uh, create controversy or, or that, I think that's where that came up. If I remember correctly, that's what came up in me. 
right? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like my bias was more aligned in that particular space. So automatically when I saw where you guys were going, I automatically got a little defensive. And even saying that we promoted the opposite, because I didn't see we were promoting something opposite, but I could see how that would be the category that you threw it into. So I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. So like in all authenticity, I am, yeah, I was categorizing. Okay, cool. As a way to separate. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, me from them. They're over there in that little naughty corner. Yeah. And so I'd be curious. Um, <laughs> I wonder when did, like, when have you felt that, that you've done that? Besides that time? No, like, no, the, what we were doing. We were creating... Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. To gain attention and gain significance. Sure. When uh, in your life did you think you felt like you... That's a great question. controversy to gain significance. Great question. Thank you. That's an even yeah. better way to frame it. Cause, yeah, because essentially we try to get attention because we were trying to, get, we were trying to feel significant, right? Which is very important. And it's very I important. Never, yes. I, mind the importance I do it all the time. It's, it's a primary driver. Um... Great question. I don't know, and it might take more probing on my part to, to if I were to use the word sensationalism or the way that I'm, I'm, or controversy. I've never been one to really drive conflict, although I remember in my younger years, I might stray away from direct conflict um, and try to go a different path, although I could see where I may try to do something else. However, I'm still attempting to achieve the same thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it could have, yeah, a long story short, it yeah. might have been representing something that you have done sure. that you didn't like, but you did it. Sure. Yeah. It may have been representing that you were maybe a bit, um, in the sense that, like, wow, these guys are going right for the controversy. That's right. And I yeah. always avoid this. That's right. And look how much the results they're getting. Yeah. That's not right. And, you no, know, you know, you're spot on. This is this is great. And all of you guys listening, you're getting a real treat with this one. Like, you're actually spot on. If you know what comes up for me underneath the current, there is that um, I would like, I would have liked at that time to have that kind of influence, that immediate influence, or that that kind of let's call it significance, where at that time I felt like maybe I wanted it or I even deserved it, but I wasn't receiving it. Therefore, um, if I was, then I might not have been triggered in that way. It might not have bothered me at all. But that was, but you guys were getting something or receiving something that I didn't feel that I had, or maybe I didn't feel I deserved it at the time underneath it. And so that brought something up for me. Yeah. The, the, like the next question I would have about that is, was there a time that, um, when did you learn that avoiding controversy was something that was important? Um, I don't know. It's a great question. Um, I mean, that, that could go, that could go is deep down the rabbit hole, I guess. Um, I've been half and half because I've, I've, it's like if I could avoid controversy, let's say like an argument or a fight or something, um, I would attempt to because I, because of the unknown, because I didn't, you know, whatever I was, I was avoiding it for. Um, however, there was another side of me, especially because I was raised as a martial artist. I think there was, I always had that edge. So there was like a little bit of anger to me. There was a little bit of an edge to me. So like, um, if I was in a situation where it was almost like, you know, it's funny. It's almost like I feared my own power. So I would purposely avoid certain situations when I was younger. Um, 
because I feel like because I was afraid of getting in trouble for what I would have done. And there were situations where it couldn't have been avoided. And, you know, um, I fully immersed myself in that experience. So it was like I almost didn't know how to control my own ability or power until I got older and became more comfortable with myself emotionally. And then I learned to actually just, you know, communicate or confront yeah, I could keep going, but I also yeah. don't want to yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, veer from the itinerary <laughs> shows intention too much. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is an endless endless rabbit hole, and I, we're going to put the spotlight back on you, buddy. Hey, let's do it. Let's um, do it. I, I, I appreciate it. I'm feeling for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that one. <laughs> um, okay, so. All right, so now we took a little trip down memory lane. I want to bring it to the present moment because you have a particular focus and interest that um, I want to put the spotlight on. Right. On. You know, you're working on a new book. It's a really interesting theme, and I think it's going to guide us. So I want to kind of, um, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. You're working on a brand new book called Breaking Normal. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into that. Let's do it. Well, what is that? First of all, what does breaking normally even mean to you? Yeah. Um, firstly, it's permission. It gives my, I give myself permission not to give the same answer to that question. Great. So I don't even know what it means to me at this moment. Uh, it, in a way, what I'll say this time is it's a way of looking at life to see what the masses are doing. And this might be a fellow author we've both been inspired by it, Napoleon Hill. Did you ever read Outwitting the Devil? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. So he claims that 98% of people in that book, from my, from what I read, what I understood, was he claims that 98% of people are kind of um, taken by the devil or under the influence of the devil. And in a way of like drifting and being under a, self, uh, a form of hypnosis. Yeah. So, breaking normal is a way of uh, finding out how to break that hypnosis. Look at what everyone else is doing and do it differently. Mm-hmm. And um, so, if you find that there's a collective argument for a limitation, like even the word I can't, I really yes. go into the word can't as being maybe one of the biggest forms of blasphemy, even using the word I can't do, like that phrase, I can't doing something, I almost feel guilty repeating it. <laughs> but, um, like I dive deep into the topics of what I imagine the collective or this, I believe it only gets better. And, um, that 98% is definitely going down and more and more people are waking up to the dream of life that they find mm-hmm. themselves in and recognizing mm-hmm. the upward spiral that they're is unavoidable. Right. Um, so breaking normal is like a celebration that yes, uh, normals all all things normal must come to an end as well, mm. and they are coming to an end. And maybe it, uh, it's a reminder to realize that, so we can be more playful during this experience, or have more fun, enjoy the ride, like wake up to a bit more of a deeper reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe jump a dimension or something. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, so I give a lot of like ideas and examples, and it's almost a story of what I've. Um, experience for the past decade of hosting retreats on the authenticity mm-hmm. or doing events or doing gigs that were all about like letting what come up come out and um instead of worshiping the opinions of what other people think about me uh, mm-hmm. to honor my heartbeat 
following the heartbeat. Yeah, that's you know great. I want to I want to use that for a moment here. I, that's one thing I've noticed from you over the years is that you've had a particular focus on authenticity. So I'm wondering what what why has that been so important for you? You know, it could have gone anywhere, right? It could have gone any different direction. Why has it gone in authenticity? Well, that's a great question. The first thing that comes up is like it seems as a true north in a way. Yeah. It seems as there are so many different opinions about what's going on, so many different perspectives about what's going on. Sure. Sometimes I get the idea that if, if you ever see a tree, it's really big and there's like a northwest there's an obvious northwest east and south side that sometimes it seems like the leaves would be the north side is arguing with the south side or if you look at the globe that the east side or the west sides are arguing with the east side about their perspective and I'm like yes you're arguing because your perspective is different like just look at it like the sky looks different where you're at everything is different everything is different you're on the opposite side of the circle mm-hmm. um, and or this globe or the sphere, or this is a flat earth, who knows? Who knows mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. it's a different perspective. And rather than um, arguing about that, I thought it was, it felt the best to me. Like, I felt the most, like, at peace and harmony and excited simultaneously when I accurately reported what I was experiencing without an attachment to having other people agree with me. Mm-hmm. And then I think I attracted other people that were willing to do that. And then all of a sudden we were starting to explore all our different perspectives and finding out that our disagreement is not something that um, actually uh, has to separate us, but it actually catalyzes a deeper connection. If we're willing to feel yes. a little uncomfortable. Yes. Mm. So I think that, uh, that feeling has been uh, a, a true North to me, that feeling of like, wow, there, there is something beyond agreement that there's uh, something beyond words and that as long as I can find what gets my heart to beat a bit faster and like honor that, honor those types of communication or those topics that come up rather than running from them, it seems like my life gets better and better. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think I like, I recognize the upward spiral. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. maybe that's how I recommend Maybe the, maybe authenticity. I, I actually think is awareness is the volume button of consciousness. So, um, yeah, I like to increase my awareness and it seems like authenticity is the best way I can do it. That's a really great answer. Um, it's in, yeah, I like what you just said. It seems to me that heightened states of awareness heighten your authenticity in the way that you're showing up, the way that you're being, the way that you are expressing, because if you are like, you gave a brilliant example, it's one that I think I kind of use a lot in a different way of like. We all have, we're all looking through our peripheral lenses, our own perspective. So we're blocking out by default all the quote unquote non-relevant stimulus that we've built up in our brain. The things that we consider relevant or a bias to our own paradigm, we naturally filter that out as a form of our identity. So we're looking through the lenses of our identity Um, Very few people on the planet um, are comfortable with deconstructing their identity on a daily basis. So it's almost like it's a quantum leap in a paradigm shift. However, it's extraordinarily simple, what you're sharing. It's not a complex idea. It's just not always easy. (laughs) That's the complex part, how simple it is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like what I just said is more complex than it really is. It just sounds cool. Um, you know, but that's what I, I really like how you say that caused me to think about it a little bit differently is like, oh, you know, maybe it's not so much like I need to think about being more authentic because 
that's a natural state of being. Maybe I just want to become more aware to what I'm not necessarily aware of. And then that will help me just be more authentic. Exactly. That's a great thing. It's a great, like, it's a great opportunity to see how aware I can be. Mm. Mm. And then, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if boredom is a real thing. Well, how can someone be bored if you're if you're wanting to be as aware as possible? Because there's, there's not only is there endless amounts of things to be aware of that you can see, there might be endless amounts of things to aware of that you can't see. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then it gets all crazy in a great way. The, great cu- way. the curiosity factor, right? Like I was just, I was just. Um, I won't go into the whole thing about this, but it's a very interesting insight that I arrived at a couple months ago. My uncle committed suicide and I, and I had to really sit with this. I was really trying to figure out, you know, as we do in these situations, we sit with life and try to figure out like why, you know, it's like what would compel someone to do that? And what I came to after a while is like, I just realized like, okay, I don't know why, that happened, but I bet you the opposite of that is curiosity and fascination and intrigue with life. Once we lose that, we start to go in this downward spiral. So it actually, it, it seems to me that the upward spiral phenomenon is propelled by like a genuine curiosity for life. Yeah, on that note, I would say that if curiosity killed the cat, and practicality drowns the human spirit. <laughs> and, like, and then to bring it really another full circle, man, the um, that was profound. The uh, funny thing is that you know when I saw you, what catalyzes, recatalyzes connections. We ended up at the same yoga class in uh, Encinitas, and I think you asked, did you ask me or did I ask you? Uh, do you have any book recommendations? Uh, you asked me. Okay, and then and then you asked me, do I have a book recommendation for you? And then I said, you are it. From Alan Watts. Yes. And then I uh, was listening. I was actually about an hour left of your hit from Alan Watts right now. Mm. And I was doing a, like a morning ritual kind of thing and listening to it. At the end of it, I haven't even finished it myself. And uh, it says, for the sake of synchronicity, what about your uncle? The topic of Alan Watts' communication in this lecture was that there are some philosophers that believe the only argument um, – the only real argument as being a human being is to commit suicide or not commit suicide. And, um, so I, I, I'm not, I, that's not my, um, that's not my intention to go down that rabbit no, trail no, sure. necessarily in this moment. Sure. But for, I, I, I truly honor synchronicities. I Ooh. think the ability to see synchronicities are the same thing I was talking about earlier, like oh, turning up wow. our awareness. I love letting synchronicities guide my way in a way. Uh, oh, and um, so I thought it was important for me to bring that up. I, I sincerely appreciate that, and I have to say that my form of spirituality is synchronicity. That's that's the only way that I can make sense of this weird, wonky universe we live in. I've tried. I've tried going down every model of reality of, of theology and then more of like physics and quantum physics. And I like quantum physics. However, to just simplify it instead of being in my mind about it, you know, as I've, I've been, I've been in like debates with like Nassim Haramein and, and people like that, that are like, they, they have a, they have God down to a formula, like a mathematical algorithm, which is cool. Mm-hmm. However, um, not quite my cup of tea. So for me, I just look at it like 
synchronicity. When synchronicities or that upward spiral is happening, I know I'm in alignment. Yeah, that's like the trailhead that you're on that upward yes, spiral. That's right. Oh, really? synchronicity? <laughs> Yesterday, I was like thinking for our, remember how I saw you and I was talking about who would be like great pioneers for our future sure. international tribe designs? Yes. And I was thinking, uh, I had this idea of Matthew McConaughey being a great one. I was like, that's how we so fun. Like, and then Matthew McConaughey became a topic of communication. And then, check this out. We were at a restaurant, a beer garden last night. And Deanna just got these new rings, and my wife and her friend, they consider themselves like witches. Okay. Yeah. And it's like weird. That's something Not my, my, my audience, wife there, there, really, There's all kinds of witches listening to this. Okay, cool. So they... Uh, <laughs> They're like they love that it's that form of uh, spiritual world and um, sure. in, in like a really loving way. It's actually really opened my eyes and like they're, yeah. they're, how loving can you be? Mm. And if they're claiming to be witches. Like what the freak is going on? And according to culture, when a witch sure. is like my, yeah. I, my version, I've heard of witches. Long that's a rabbit trail. Sex side note. Um, and all of a sudden, there's a we're talking serendipity after synchronicity after synchronicity after synchronicity a lot to do about the Mayan history I brought something up about Cancun mm. and then all these topics of communication started happening and then Deanna's ring broke this ring that she just bought like some sort of crystal ring and Heidi's like her friend is like what the freak and I look up and Matthew McConaughey on the TV and he's like cheersing a shot of whiskey I was like Matthew McConaughey just cheers me <laughs> On a shot of whiskey. And I'm like, and it was a commercial. I guess he's being like sponsored by a wild turkey. But long story short, maybe Matthew McConaughey will hear this uh, this podcast and he'll come on the next international track. Is <laughs> where I saw you before that yoga class, which is in Kauai. Yes. And that's a, that was a, speaking Man, of synchronicity, that, you know what's weird about that is that I lived five minutes away from that, that whole deal that you were doing in Kauai. I mean, if everywhere, if anywhere, I was like on my little pilgrimage, my little spiritual quest underneath the radar. And I don't remember if I bumped into you or like your friends or whoever at like um, the health food store down the street. Healthy Hut. Yeah, Healthy Hut. But whatever the case was. I live, I'm living five minutes away from the retreat that you're doing. I don't know that you're there. You're the one putting it on. I don't know anything. And just through synchronicity, I end up there with you and all the, the, the cast of characters that was there. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Or it seemed like you could only make it up. Or you could only, yeah. Well, one of the two. And here we are now. Yeah. (laughs) Making new stuff up. Absolutely. Okay. um, Wow. Yes. So a similar a similar topic, but I think it's going to take us in a slightly different direction. Vulnerability. This is something I know that you focus on. I've been focusing on it more as a topic, as a sharing with people of just the importance. Because I, I think for me, just as a little, just kind of set this up a little bit for me, um, I've been very vulnerable throughout my life. However, that vulnerability has been protected. You know, I, I, I grew up very much raised as a warrior, as a martial artist. I didn't have a father in my life. I was raised by women, but they were in and out. So I found myself in this reality growing up of like, I have this sense about myself, but I also was like, okay, I don't really know what being a man is. I have kind of weird examples. Bruce Lee is like really the only example I have. And so I'd watch Enter the Dragon as much as humanly possible. 
But because I, I realized now it was actually because I was trying to develop an archetype. I was trying to actually figure out what it was to be a man. And so with that, I also developed very thick skin and armor. Let's just call it. And so recently in the last five or six years, I've been peeling off the armor and this caricature I've created as a speaker and a public figure. I've been reinventing myself and trying to figure out, okay, what does it look like without the identity or the persona? What does Ronnie Landis look like now? And who is that? And um, so anyways, I I feel like uh, vulnerability for me has been a North Star. Just like, where's the vulnerable space? Where's that that space um, that connects me with my audience in a real way? So anyways, let's talk about vulnerability. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, it's almost like if, let's say that uh, faking or acting versus authenticity are two sides of the same coin. They could be shoot to the same results, like, you know, fake it till you make it or just be who you are and you know, maybe spiralize into the same spot. Um, yeah that authenticity and vulnerability, I think, are almost, like, different, like, the West and the East of the same side of the coin. Interesting. So, yeah, I think by, um, for me, the way I can figure out what's authentic is, once again, what gets my heart to beat the fastest, and that is probably usually very correlated with vulnerability. Mm. And then that goes back to the beginning of the communication. Instead of... uh, a lot of people, I think, start communicating about all the things they want each other to know about. Like, hey, this is my menu. Let's hear your menu. It looks like they're selling themselves. Yeah, like, and the thing is that true sustenance or satisfaction or satiation doesn't come from the menu. It comes from the meal. Mm. And I think that um, it's if we go up front with, like, hey, these are all the things, like, I'm wanting to hide or that I'm confessing in a way. That's it's, no, it's not by accident. Most spiritual or practices or religions or, or even psychology is revolved around confessing is like step one mm-hmm. is like the first step. And totally um, true. that's why not, that's a great foundation for a relationship actually. So I think, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, vulnerability to me means, um, starting my communication with the things that I might be hiding so that I can get clear of distracting my energy and then I can let what come up come out in a more fluid, like a real spring, fresh spring water way mm. rather than trying to filter it and add <laughs> stuff to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to dilute it or manipulate it so it can fit this authority standards. Wow. Um, I'm, I really appreciate that example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Figured you would. Figured you would. It's like, and I recently read the draft of Breaking Normal, and we use that example a lot, so it's like fresh in my mind at this moment. But yeah, I think the vulnerability and uh, authenticity are pretty, really, really correlated. One leads to the other. It's like happiness and smiling. You can uh, smile to be happy, and happy people smile. That's right. Wow. <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, it's like it's funny. Like I, I did one of my interviews with uh, with Preston Smiles a while back, and one of the things I got on this little tangent with him, and I was like, it's so funny, right? Because when you change your physiology, it changes your state. So when you smile, no matter what mood you're in, you start to become happy. Yeah, right. And I think this actually works with dogs. I recently got a dog, and um, like I took her to the gym the other day, uh-huh. and sure enough, it was like a lot of noise, a lot of like dropping weights, and she, she was scared. I think the indication I imagine was that she was scared was her tail was between her legs, and that's not mm-hmm. that normal. Mm-hmm. So, showing me, I pet her, and I put her tail up. I'm petting her tail up, 
So it's almost oh. like smiling or you're like changing your posture so that you feel different. Like a lot of people think it's only that happy people are smiling. You're like, why are they so happy? Well, you can actually do this, the end result, like the beginning result or vice versa. So yeah, uh, I think that's a great topic as well. I think that's why that, that one TED talk, that seemed like it was one of the best things. I don't know if you ever saw the one from like Amy Cuddy or something, the, mm. the, the power posing TED talk. I think I might have read well, It was so that. simple. It was just like her explaining how before interviews, rather than like slouched over reading a resume, like in yeah. a scared <laughs> position, because this is what scared people do, kind of act like uh, someone that just won a race or even like a chimpanzee that's beating his chest, mm. however you want to look at it. Mm. Um, so you can get in a state of power and like expression, yes. not suppression. Yes. In fear. Yes. I don't think the state of fear is someone in a state of fear is going to be what wants someone like to hire or partner with someone that's in a state of fear. Mm. So if you find yourself in that, if anyone is listening, I highly encourage to remind you that like you might be able to change that by acting in the vibration that you want. Yeah. Mm. That no, that that's actually as super simple as it sounds. It's, it's so powerful. I find myself when I think about certain goals I have, it's now evolved from like a thing, like I want something to a way of being. Yeah. Even my goal when I'm writing goals is it has nothing to do with like, oh, I want a car or a house. Who cares about that? It's like of no interest to my soul. It's really about like if I think about wealthy, right? There's things in my life I want to do that would require me to finance them, right? So it's like those are those are like kind of uh, experiential goals. But behind it is what kind of person would I not even need to be? What kind of person do I want to be that is capable of experiencing those quote unquote goals, right? So it's like, or what better, better example, let me just make it super simple. For example, I've been dealing with workaholism lately and almost like to the point where it's like, I'm actually doing things on the computer just out of routine. And sometimes I catch myself typing away and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what am I on? I don't even know what I'm supposed to be working on right now because I got into a habit of being on the computer as associated with like productivity or being an entrepreneur and I realized like, oh, wait a minute, what does this, what does this look like to me? Oh, I should be on the beach because if I were quote unquote wealthy, that's what I would be doing right now. I would be on the beach. Yeah. I'd be relaxing. I'd be with people I enjoy. So it's like, who would you be if you had the, I don't know, I guess the goals or whatever. Yeah. Sure and that that takes a leap of faith. That's sometimes like a quantum leap of faith. It does. Like someone that has, uh, they, if they believe they have access to no money, sure. How can they act like they have a hundred thousand dollars in their bank account? Sure. And, uh, the funny thing is though, that I think that is a gift of life to find out, to find out and that. And that story is told in so many different ways, whether it's money, it will. It's, I'm glad we hit on that because it sound. It, it appears to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears to me that following some of your journey over the last couple of years of traveling around and documenting your journey, you got you. You and your brother's been on a wild journey all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. um, it seems that you guys. I've been taking that leap of faith this whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the funniest thing. It, it, that's what it is. It's like a continuous leap of faith, and I think people are like, "So how do you do it?" And I'm like, "I don't actually. I'm doing it. This is this." You didn't I'm know you'd it. be here now yeah. when you started. Right? No, I think that's what. Like, that's another reason that the payoff of following my heartbeat has been so big. Is yeah, that now it's not like the heartbeat. It's almost it reminds me of polar plunging. 
I'm a huge believer, and this has recently been very popularized by um, Wim Hof, and I invested in his program. I was like, wow, this guy's getting so many people to get in cold water. What the freak is he doing? So uh, the guy's program is great. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if um, polar plunging for me has never got taken its potency away. It's it's Mm, every day. If I'm looking at a freaking freezing cold ocean or a really cold shower or a freezing spring or an icy blue river, it's not like, oh, this is going to be warm today. I've been doing this for 10 years. No, it's like I'm anticipating this is going to be cold. And I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love seeing how alive I can feel. And that's the same thing like about, for me, the whole how have we been doing this? How have we been traveling since we've been out of school and not stopping? And it's like there's been a, a continuous, like, every day waking up and walking, not only by sight, but definitely by faith as well. Mm. There's been a faith aspect that's a little beyond words. Mm. And I think it's a daily practice. I, I don't think it changes the potency of it, but it does. You, I, I've gotten more used to polar plunging and or walking by faith. Mm. But it is a thing. It's a thing that I get to do every day, and I'm excited about it. I love, I love what you're saying. The, the what you're speaking to, the fact that it doesn't at some point all just like click together and everything is perfect. Yeah, how boring would that be? <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? Like people assume this kind of thing. But the cold water plunge is perfect because that's a practice of mine for many years. That's one of the number one things I tell people is like, look. One of the most profound things you can do is take cold showers every day because it's an immediate state shift. It's amazing for your health. However, every single day, like for me, my experience of it is that every single day in the morning, there's never a day I'm like, yes. It's like I know I want to do it, but my body is kind of like, it's cold already. And I, But I just, I just do it. I just – my mind is – saying whatever it says, but my body is just going into the cold shower. And there's never a moment, there's never one time where I'm like, man, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. But I always do have those little butterflies or that. that And and those are good butterflies to follow. Those butterflies, man, those butterflies are once caterpillars. (laughs) (laughs) They're following those butterflies if you want to be out of the cocoon. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I agree. I think those those that's the privilege. That's the privilege. It's not like uh, I think um, the money topic is so fascinating to me. Yes. Partly probably because that's yes. something I've been walking by faith with for a while, and maybe I'm insecure about it, and maybe I'm bringing light to that. But I don't. From my understanding, people that have a lot of money, it's not like they have less money problems or less less money concerns. They are they're an expert at dealing with their money concerns. Mm. They're like an expert at handling large amounts of money or energy, whatever you want to look at it, or inches. If you want to say land, we can measure someone's wealth by inches of land, uh, or we can measure them by the amount of money in their bank account. Yeah. But they're not. They're used to letting that. They're used to that energy. They've made it a practice to be used to that energy. Ooh. And it's not like it gets less intense. Not like the cold shower gets less intense. It might actually. Get more intense the more money you have. Or if you want to get healthier, it might mean getting in colder water mm. for longer. Yeah. How long can you take it? And that's what I think Wim Hof is doing. He's like, how long can you Just take keep it? stretching yeah. it. We're going to run up Everest with bare feet. That is amazing. And it's so true. It's like in, in that, that concept about stretching your boundaries translates into every area of your life. And I think the money thing in particular terrorizes people. And we, as people, as collective, we often um, 
allow it to, to run our mental directive. We allow it to run us is we're so scared of not having it. Yet my experience, and it sounds like similar to yours, I do realize that if I look back on my life right before rent, right before whatever, I was afraid of not being able to, uh, uh, um, you know, have money for to quote unquote survive in the 21st century. I just kind of joke. Um, it always shows up in some way, some way I can't predict as long as I'm, I'm, moving forward yeah it's it, this is uh, almost economics it, like supply meets demand yeah, okay yeah so that's your demand you're gonna pay rent you meet it so how Ooh, much are you yeah. demanding how much are, is someone demanding and I think that when people think that having more money is gonna give them is gonna give them that sense of peace or that sense of oh I don't have to do anything else yeah. anymore yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like one of the biggest facades that's like a big mm-hmm. illusion and I think that rather than trying to avoid the discomfort to find the fun in the discomfort, like, or making it fun, comfortable and like, Oh, this mm. is what I live for. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's the, uh, old, I don't know if I'm not sure the name, Scythius, the old pushing the rock. Yeah. 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 Sisyphus. Yeah. And, yeah. That myth or that story or that history that has so much truth to it that what it is, what have we can, people have said this in a million different ways, probably at this point, but the journey is the destination. Right. The journey is a destination. And when someone becomes de- too destination oriented, then they might find out that sometimes expectations are like a precursor of disappointment. Yes. And that there's a balance, not only work on an end goal, but that's a real gift to like look at something and work backwards from it. Yes. But the other side of the coin is enjoying the moments as they, as you're getting there. And which one's better? I think the more gray that is, like, is one better than the other, the more probably, the more I imagine something in the flow, and they're like, I don't know which one's better. Mm. So like getting to the goal, like earning the money or having the money, which one's mm. better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I, I realized actually today was that one of my my money hangups, we'll call it, is that it, it has nothing to do with my deservability or anything of that nature, which I think a lot of people have, especially in the quote-unquote spiritual community, a lot of people have hang-ups about that. I realized, no, I'm very clear that that's not an issue. What the issue is, is that I still have an attachment to how it's supposed to happen. (laughs) I still have an attachment to what the vehicle is, and that's the thing that's actually obstructing it from you know, overflowing in my, my experience. Yeah. Here you go. There's a, um, a Buddhist idea. If I'm referring to that, into that category yes. that uh, a lot of people, they have a canoe to cross a river and then they, they serve them so well that they keep carrying the canoe. Yes. It's like, yes. <laughs> time to drop the canoe. You cross the river. Now there's a mountain. You don't want to carry that canoe up that mountain. It's like our, our, <laughs> our, our success can actually become our failure. Yeah. No, like if no. we have success in one thing, we're like, oh, it works. So let me do that again. Let me do it again. But it's like, no. We have, it seems like uh, the creator, the divine brilliance has worked it in where progress is happiness rather than thinking. Like, yeah, if anyone yeah. is listening to this and they're thinking that they don't like making money, then you're probably not, like, if, if you're not stoked about how you're making money, you might not be. Uh, you might be focused on one side of the coin, which is the illusion of money. <laughs> it's a good illusion. It's a good illusion. It's a fun illusion. But uh, that's what I think we're using it rather than being used by it. Yeah, but what a, what an amazing possibility to recreate your life where you can you can make money 
and however much you determine for yourself and actually enjoy it at the same time. Yes, yes. It's, um, I, I imagine since you said you have witches listening, uh, this might be a, somewhat of a, what we throw in the category of spiritual listeners. Yes. It reminds me of the idea of Celestine prophecy towards yeah, the end of, yeah, the, end yeah. of the book. I loved the way, if you've ever read that book, um, how he painted the picture of how commerce is becoming. Mm-hmm. That it's like a gift. What I heard from him was like, it's a, oh, money is a gift because it incentivizes us to do what we're really good at and that we love doing. It like holds us accountable. Just like this podcast is holding us accountable to make sure our communication is balanced, efficient, Mm -hmm. effective, congruent, that money holds us accountable. Like, yeah, I'm making, I'm spending more time doing what I'm really good at. And then it's very valuable to others. Mm -hmm. So that's what it was a nice exchange. I'm giving what I'm really, it comes to me naturally because that's what I might be here to do. Maybe. And money might hold us accountable to doing that more. So, yeah, I do think in, uh, with in the same side, I think you alluded to it earlier, that sometimes in the spiritual community there's a real resistance to money. And that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to deal with money, but I wouldn't hate it. If you're finding yourself no. being really triggered by the idea of money, yeah. it might be something that really... I, I think it comes down to, to somebody's belief system or story around money. You know, and, and just like anything, like you can have a belief system around a relationship because you had a bad experience and so now you're jaded and you're using that reference and you've created a story around it to the point where the story validates the, the sickness or the disease, yeah, right? self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting topics. I mean, yeah. There's another rabbit trail. Totally. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, this conversation is full of them. I, um... With the time we have left, um, I'm, I'm, I want to be present um, to the moment to see the last, the last little bit that we can squeeze out of this. Actually, you know what would be great? Um, the way that I first found out about you and the raw bras, your brothers, um, was through the health community, right? And mm-hmm. I know that may not be really a, a main focus for you anymore, but... I'm curious, just like what what is your perspectives, and I don't mean around necessarily like diet. I just mean like the, the through your experience and um, around the, your perspective around health. Like, what does that mean to you now? What does that look like to you? Share anything that comes up. For yeah, you. the first thing was that um, I think a lot of people are focused on maybe once again the side the coin the side of the coin uh, rather than placebo. Mm. So first thing I want everyone to realize that maybe half of the equation is at least half, maybe much more. There's an awesome book on this, The Biology of Belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's another one that couples with that really well. If you've heard read this on Virus in the Mind. Yep. Okay, so reading yep. those two books together I think is a healthy prescription I can give. Read those two books together if you haven't. And then start looking at things and realizing that maybe the best thing that someone can do for their health is believing everything they're doing is best for their health. And, and not if it feels like you're tricking yourself, then you probably want to get more authentic. Mm. But when you can feel like, yeah, this is good for my health. Like, this is good for my health. Uh, mm. That's a big step. And I think a lot of people, just as uh, like purity for this particular audience that I imagine is listening to, that uh, purity is a slippery slope. Yes. Uh, in the sense, especially a diet or fitness or a regiment or uh, a breathing or a practice, a yogic practice. Or it's a almost like practice. an elitism term, the way that it gets used. 
Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, chasing a tail, I imagine. You know, we have a tail. Yeah. You already have it. Yeah. <laughs> I just appreciate it and let it be a service to you. And, um, yeah, you have the help. If you're listening to this, you have the help. You have the ability to hear. What a privilege. What a privilege Ooh. it is to be able to hear um, vibrations in, this, in the form of sound. And um, I think once we realize that, like, this is all a gift, this is all a gift. Whatever we're eating is a gift. And that everything for me, everything is natural at this point. Like, even if it's highly manipulated, the, if it's a, a high fructose corn syrup, is a bunch of natural products that were manipulated by natural beings. And it's natural. It's natural. Now, do you want to poison yourself with it? Or, like, just you can find natural subjects, like, natural materials that are poisonous, like arsenic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, yeah. I think that the um, medicine is potentially a lot of times in the poison, yeah. and the poison is in the dosage. Yes. <laughs> there's a great quote. For, there's an alchemical quote from, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, it's like archaic alchemy, but um, Paracelsus. It was like a famous like um, 1500s uh, alchemist. Basically, he said that everything is poison, everything is panacea. It depends on dosage. There you go. It's 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 not. I, I think thinking that you're going to find a fix all um, yeah. is it's more for me. It's more like a fun. It's a fun opportunity to walk this tightrope of life. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. test the extremes and find and find the middle for you. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people are looking to others. To find their their then adopting path. their belief system but that might not be how that might they're maybe showing you different versions so you can find your balance point. Yes, and I think I felt that that was what the like, beautiful uh, the beautiful outcome of like testing the extremes of like fruit for me fruitarianism was an extreme mm. and we've done other extremes and then like seeing where's the similarities where's the difference how like just finding out for myself what works when it does work. Okay, and, and giving myself permission to fumble around like a baby doesn't learn how to walk by standing up and walking. It fumbles around and crawls and cries and <laughs> falls again and falls again and falls again. And it makes the, and if I, I would imagine I have a baby on the way, and I want those the baby's right. falls to be very fun, <laughs> like fun and joyful and it's exploratory yeah. and curious. And, mm. and you were willing to do it in public. Yeah, and I, I and it's public enough to even admit everything's probably not in public. Like I, I think uh, some of the most um, deceitful people in a way are the ones that think they're the most honest. So I like I think I've seen that. Like yeah, people yeah. like I lie. I'm like oh my goodness. And now the more I talk to them, the more I realize that that's the story they're telling themselves, and that's a good story, I guess, in some ways. But so I would be open to maybe everything's happened publicly. But I would judge. For um, on this on the uh, what I've seen from public figures, yeah, that for the most part we have been extremely um, even more honest than your average public figure. And we and we know a lot of them. Yeah, we know no, a lot that of the was same really inspirational. And... I mean, actually, as meeting public figures and authors, yeah. they were like, "Wow, do you know?" Like they, they seem more balanced than their message does, and a lot of people are, like praising their message or their book. And like you know, a human as you are a human wrote this book, and these are like these. Humans You're in a particular state in your life of intensity because writing a book ain't no cakewalk. Yeah. It's an intense process that you got to go down certain rabbit holes within your own psyche. Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget that that's about their own. It's just revealing more parts of their own psyche. And start thinking yeah. this book is the answer, and that's available. You know, maybe there's yeah. spiritual text. I come from a biblical background, and that there's another whole rabbit trail. All I would say is that to realize that humans write books, and you're a human. 
Long that's, story short, I, I think that's a fantastic observation. Yeah, are writing and have written a book. For well, the weirdest thing for me is when people put me on a pedestal, and it does happen from time to time. And and I I'm thankful that most of my the people that follow my work are more balanced. However, um, I have eccentricities um, that I like that are fun. However, it does sometimes attract. You know, when you have a strong voice and opinion about something, it does attract the rabbit hole of people out there. And um, it is kind of strange to me. I, I didn't know it when I didn't have that kind of response. But once it started coming to me, some of the more jaded people on the one spectrum and then more of the people that are like, oh, we love you. We love your work, blah, blah, blah. And I realized like, oh, wow, that's like, it's nice. But then when people kind of like use you as the, the, um, Let's put it this way. I bet, I, what I'm hearing you say it. Sometimes it feels a bit violating for someone to love your identity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so, yeah. They, because they, they, so your identity as a Rob Ross YouTuber or as the author of the book. Yes. It's like, wait a minute. You know, that was me as an author of a book. That might not be exactly who I am yeah. at this moment. And you're Thank kind you. of praising this portrayal of me. Once again, you're praising the menu. Why don't we taste the burger and then see it and then talk about it? Mm, mm-hmm, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, man, I was going to say that I understand also when I said that I imagine some people might be, well, some books are spiritually inspired. And then I would say um, to that, and, and I like confusion because I think confusion is a sign of good, like that we're becoming more clear on things. Humility and confusion. Um, I would just, and I, I believe that too. I do believe it. Every, I, and that's the funny, that's the that's the confusing part to me. That what who's not who's not channeling something. That I was going to say. There's <laughs> tell me tell me any creative outlet that has nothing to do with spirit. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're all under the influence of something, and and I want us to uh, honor each other's choices in the moment, and, yeah. and even honor our abilities to change our choices. If what worked mm. today doesn't necessarily mean it might be perfect for tomorrow. Absolutely. It might be an upgrade, especially for an upward spiral. And on that note, that's the perfect note to conclude on. So uh, where can everybody find um, your work? And Yeah, so I'm tempted to like lead people to my website, breakingnormal.tv. That's my personal website, but where the real energy, like when it comes to like creative output that's going right now, is at International Tribe Design. Okay. And we're creating, uh, we have a, that's internationaltribedesign.com. My personal website's breakingnormal.tv. And then the, uh, what's really amazing is a social media platform that we're building with a hundred founders. I think we have like 49 spots left, um, is tribe design online. Mm-hmm. And this is basically, um, a social media platform that I believe is not only catalyzing connection, but it's like forcing flow state with certain parameters and training series that we have. I'll just leave that intriguing without going too much into it. But um, that's if I would guess, and I would encourage. I'm speaking out loud to encourage myself and everyone else. To f- a friend recently told me, like, follow the energy. Like, where's the most yeah. energy? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot. That's where the most energy in my life uh, for people to look up a website or those two international mm-hmm. tribe design. Their next events in Costa Rica. Which is New Year's Evolution Fest 2.0. We met on 1.0 in, ah, yeah, okay. in Kauai. Right. So our next one's at a permaculture resort near the volcano in Costa Rica. And then um, there's a social media platform that goes along with that. Mm. And that's dragdesignonline.com. Amazing. Yes, sir. Mm. Okay. Well, this has been a really unique conversation. <laughs> I'm super. I'm super grateful to spend this time with you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for um, the invitation. 
Thanks yeah. for making it happen. Thanks for whatever whatever it took for you to get here. Mm-hmm. Like whatever that meant. Maybe it meant following your heartbeat or honoring a bit of a fun, comfortable, or a little stretch or something just seemed exciting. Whatever it was, mm-hmm. keep doing that. Yeah, I want, and I'm talking to myself too. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that beautiful. And that's a message to all of you out there listening. So, thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And this was just an amazing interview, just an amazing, I mean, conversation, really, just a back and forth, and really tapping into some spaces that. Uh, I don't often go with uh, the guests that I bring on and I'm just, I mean, I just have a really great feeling about it. And if you're listening to this, you clearly do too, because I know how people's attention spans are. So if you're still listening to this, then you definitely got some good nuggets out of it. And that's really what I want for everyone listening and whatever insights, whatever resonated with you, take it. And definitely check out Daniel's work and all the creative projects he's up to. He's a game changer, a tribal design artist, and doing some amazing things. And definitely check out his his new book, upcoming book, Breaking Normal, because I really think at the core, that's what we're all aspiring to do is break the paradigm of normal. So with that said, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode, and we will tune in on the next episode. Yeah, I was going to say on the final little disclaimer, mm-hmm. if you want to include this, I was, because you said that so well, I was like, man, what a great ending. They, I, if anyone, I love what you said about attention span. If someone is listening to this and they're like, really, I'm stoked, I'm fired up, and they are like, I'm going to go scare myself. I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to be like a, a form of emotional suicide. Ooh. I want to encourage people to do everything that we said, not on a physical level. See if you can follow your heartbeat the fat, in the fastest way that doesn't even involve physical, physical anything physical. Mm. Maybe a walk up on a stage. Maybe a walk up to one person. Maybe a girl. Maybe a guy. Mm. Do that. This is not an invitation to go start um, skydiving until you become addicted <laughs> to that. <laughs> then that's fine too. That's another story. And I was. I, I wanted to like that last disclaimer. What I was yeah. speaking up was all like, um, main uh, like being blessed for this temple that mm. this temple of our bodies I'm not encouraging physical danger as a way of getting high on life mm. I'm uh, encouraging a form of um, yeah uh, ruining your reputation to find to Ooh. find out that there's a better identity waiting for you yeah. that was that was a really good distinction yeah. I hope you guys got that because that's something I think well definitely I've been through and you clearly have been through and it does get more exciting on the other end of it. Yes, yes. I think the, the less things that we identify with, the more that we find out how much we're connected to. Yeah, what a blessing. Indeed. All right. Connection on. There you have it. <laughs>